Welcome into Educational Leadership on the Go. I am your host, Dr. Dustin Bain, and we are excited to bring another episode of Educational Leadership on the Go to you right here in the podcast world. As always, you can reach out to us at leadonthego at gmail.com. That's leadonthego at gmail.com. As you know, this is our own professional learning community. Um, my co-host, Dr. Jamie Wellborn, Assistant Professor at St. Louis University, and Dr. Ryan Looning, Assistant Principal at Clayton High School here in St. Louis, are always looking for ways to interact with other professionals or others uh, just interested in leadership or just in what we had to say. Reach out to us at leadonthego at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at educate underscore Bain. My last name is B as in boy, A-I-N. Educate underscore Bain uh, out there in the Twitterverse. I am excited today because we are going to bring to you a very fun and interesting topic, I think. And that topic is work-home-life balance. Some of you uh, may be listening to this in your car, and maybe you're not leaving the uh, school or office area until real late. So maybe right off the bat that kind of hits you, um, or you're at school and it's in the background and you're still working. However that hits you right now, work-home-life balance. Um, in this episode, Dr. Jamie Wellborn and Dr. Ryan Looning and myself sit down to discuss how we look at work-home-life balance and what are some strategies we use. I think we all admit this is something that we could be better at. But we also know that there are expectations every day that we walk in that things need to be ready, they need to be organized, and we need to be forward-thinking. And uh, that takes time. That takes effort, especially when you have a school full of kids, um, and they're our first priority and our first focus of every day. Uh, But to keep things moving, it takes a lot of time and commitment. Um, So how do we balance that with our own kiddos at home, our our own uh, significant others at home, or just our families in general at home? Um, The group of us, Dr. Wellborn, Dr. Looning, uh, also looked at some information from some experts such as Michael Hyatt uh, and John Gordon. Uh, Both men uh, I hold in high regard and rely a lot on for uh, support as far as watching their videos, reading their books. Both are very uh, high-level speakers and very influential in the things they share, but we'll throw some data at you about how maybe working those long hours isn't getting the same production um, that we think that it is. And, and maybe you could argue that back. That's that's for us to engage. And if you do want to engage, again, hit us up at leadonthego at gmail.com. Um, as we go through this episode, I think this is a fun and exciting episode because it kind of gets us out of that um, that research or philosophy and really just hits something that I think we all need to stop sometimes and think about. What does that balance look like? And as I'll challenge in here, and and I kind of get this from um, Michael Hyatt and John Gordon, which is, is there really a balance or is it about engagement? Um, So we hope that today's episode uh, engages you in a different way. And if anything, just reflect on uh, how are you doing that work and home life balance? Uh, What is it that you are doing to make sure that your significant other or your kids still know um, that you are involved and that you are an important piece to their development. Because we know, as sitting in a school every day, we know and we see 
the impact that having a steady household and influential parents have on kids every single day. And we've got to make sure that we do that in our own house as well. Today's episode does sit down with Dr. Ryan Looning, Dr. Jamie Wellborn, and myself, Dr. Dustin Bay. We are, as, uh, as always, excited to bring this to you. Hit us up on Twitter, at email, and always pass this along. Uh, get on the iTunes, subscribe to us. Make sure every time we come out with a new episode, you're getting that latest episode and hearing what's going on. Interact with us. We're happy that you are here once again to listen to educational leadership on the go and sit back and relax to work and home life balance. All right. This podcast is all about that work and home life balance. As leaders, we know that there's a lot of things in education we can uh, talk about, we can discuss. Uh, We thought as a group here um, with Dr. Jamie Wellborn, assistant professor at St. Louis University, Dr. Ryan Looning, assistant principal at Clayton High School here in St. Louis, and myself, Dr. Dustin Bain, principal at Merrimack Heights in the Fox School District. As we were discussing, we wanted to kind of come up with some topics, you know, we're going to do things on cultural proficiency and, and leadership in the classroom. But something that maybe I feel is neglected a little bit is that uh, how do we balance home, work, life? Um, and, you know, I think that as we get into this, we'll talk about some culture things that we believe here in America that we've experienced outside of America and what their belief is. But I think um, this is something that's kind of troubling in, in America at this time. I think there is a competition at times to see how much we can work. Um, and I think that there's a glorification of the more we work, the more we put you on a pedestal. Uh, but who are the people that are getting run over, um, family and employees, when you when you put in that time? So I think I'm excited uh, to dive into this with you guys and uh, kind of jump in and see where it takes us. What I want to get out of this is what are some things experts say? What are some things that research says? But also, what do we do and how do we manage that? Uh, I hope that's the, the point that we take away from this. So as we get started here, I'm going to throw out a quote here from John Gordon. He, he tweets this out uh, all the time, and he's one of my favorite authors. But he says, uh, actually, that there is no such thing as a work and home life balance. It's about being engaged with each with each when you are present. And so if you think of that balance scale, can you really ever make sure that it's really even? Um, probably not, and I, and I don't know how you even track that. But his point is that when you're in at work, you're engaged on things that are happening at work. When you're at home, which I think is the bigger challenge, you're engaged with what is going on at home. And he always says, you know, I asked my daughter about growing up and he's a, obviously a professional speaker he's traveling a lot and she never mentions him traveling and he feels like that's because when he was at home he was at games he was engaged he wasn't on his phone he wasn't checking email all the time so as i throw that out there you know let, let's jump off what what initial things come to mind what are the challenges um and, and what do you think about that quote well the first thing that i i noticed was you know you you, you hit engaged as the kind of word you, you jumped into. I, I really looked at present, and that, that's something you think a lot about because, you know, you, you can be present at a game. You can be present at work, at a, at a conference. You can be present at a, um, at, at a meeting. But to really be present and, 
paying attention and being part of the, the group is the engagement part of it. And, and, and you know, I think we've all probably heard, you know, the, the, the pressure's present, you know, that, that, that reminded me about it where, uh, you know, the, all we have, we can't look at the past, we can't look at the future. The only thing we have is the present, and it's a gift that we need to take advantage of. And whether you're out to dinner with your wife, whether you're at your kid's baseball game, whether you're in a meeting, if you can be present during that time and really use that as a gift, I think that's how leaders become successful. They, they, they are actively engaged and present at every meeting they're at, even the ones that drive you crazy, that are boring, that aren't a lot of fun. They're present. When they go home, you know, it's easy to get on Twitter and look at the sports scores and see what your favorite author is tweeting out, but to really listen to what your wife has to say, find out how her day was, being present in that conversation, those are the people who have successful marriages, whose, whose stress level isn't high because they, they, they are present in that moment. So that, that was a term that really stood out to me. And, uh, you know, I know we read a lot of John Gordon stuff together, Dustin, we have in the past, and, and he's outstanding. And, and, and understanding that all of us, to, to really lessen some of the stress we have in our life, being present might be the most important thing we, we can do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you nailed it right there. I mean, engage, present. Um, we talked about it. I, I think uh, I watched a video from Simon Sinek, and he talked about how uh, when his friends and him go out, you know, whether they do or not, you know, they only take one cell phone for safety and security reasons, and the rest they stay at home. And he talked about how when you walk into a meeting and you put your phone on the table, are you sending the message that, well, you're important, but if something better comes up on this phone, it, it, it's the same way. So, so we say that at work, but then at home. When we get the phone out at the dinner table or we get the phone out, are we saying that you're important family, but what's on this phone is more important? Um, and, and, it, and it's not – and I will never sit here and say you can't do that because we all do it. I mean it, it's just sometimes it's part of the job and we'll probably get into that. Uh, but I, th- I great point, Ryan. Great point. So your first thought uh, about his quote, there is no such thing. Um, if you know how I'm wired, you know that – I've got to be doing something all the time. And so what I have tried to, to find is, yes, we have all these things to get done, but uh, it's just as important to, to give some of that time to our kids. Um, and whether that is, you know, on the way to cheerleading practice or, so, you know, the soccer game, uh, whether that is uh, sitting to, down together as a family, eating, uh, helping clean up together, you, you have to find, because obviously there's only so many hours in a day, um, and, you know, we as administrators know sometimes you're coming in late at night and you get to see your kids 30 minutes, if at all, before it's bedtime, I know, um, Dustin, our kids are just a little bit younger, so bedtime might be a little bit, you know, sooner. Um, but I think just just finding ways. Uh, I don't know who talked about this or, or wrote about this, but some people detail their schedules for all day long, mm-hmm. and so I, I think there's a, a purposeful or an intentional thought in scheduling that time for your family and not letting anything interrupt it. Uh, You were talking about the cell phone. Um, My friends and family know that if they can't get a hold of me, they they just have to call my husband. I am notorious for this this iPhone to just stay in my car after work. And I find that um, I have better nights, I have happier nights when I leave that cell phone in the car I know that there, if there's an emergency, my husband's got his. We're, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to be able to get a hold of someone. But if I just leave it in the car, I find myself 
more in tune with what's going on, taking care of my children. Um, and really, everybody's happier when that happens. So it's important, uh, so hard for me to do, I'll be the first one to say it, is, is to put it away, but you, you have to do that. Right, and so uh, I think it's one thing, we all know that, but it's another thing to do that. You know, and I think we talked about this in taking, uh, uh, taking care of your people. It's one thing to listen to what we're saying. It's one thing for us to hear, but it's another thing to act. That's always the hardest part is to actually act on what we're, uh, what we're saying. Um, so I, I think um, as, I, as I think about that and a couple of things you said jumped out to me. I was talking to my buddy Kevin Griffin who congrats to him as a new assistant principal at Fox Middle School, and he talked about a lot of this stuff. We were just in casual conversation actually at – um, our daughter's softball practice. We weren't on our phones. We were actually talking to each other and learning, you know, at the same time. And, and he said, you know, I finally just deleted the Facebook app off my phone because there's something about knowing that. And he's, he was funny. You told his wife, I'm deleting. She goes, well, don't expect me to delete my, you know, and they just kind of had a, a back and forth. But, you know, he said, it's almost like a willpower thing. If it's not there, then I can't, I can't check it. You know, and so what are the things that we're doing um, to set ourselves up for success? Because what we've heard so far from the two of you and, and, and what I said from John Gording is, uh, is about engagement. It's about being present. It's about being there at that time. Um, so when you walk away from work, and Jamie, you kind of alluded to this, what's your mindset when you walk out of the office or you leave that game? How, you know, because it's one thing. And kind of building off that presence and then building off that engagement. It's one thing to walk away, but if you walk out of your office and you're already on your email before you even get to your car, well, you might as well just be in your office. So what do you guys do to help yourself disconnect? Jamie, you said leave it in the car. Ryan, is there anything you do specifically? And do you feel like you're good at it or is this something you still need to work on? No, listening to this, I uh, absolutely know that I need to do a better job of those type of things. I am someone who needs to check their email constantly because I, you know, again, to, to limit my stress level, I like to answer the little short uh, emails that I can respond to quickly. Um, it gets it off my plate. Something I've gotten better at is making sure that I, you know, mark unread the, the important ones and not respond to them right now. You know, it's it's something we all need to do is make sure you wait 24 hours to really um, think through what your uh, response should be in those type of situations. And, uh, you know, maybe in 24 hours, the situation might change rather than jumping right at it. And, you know, you might end up with less stress because you took a little more time. So I find myself constantly struggling with that, Dustin. And, you know, but but I do feel like that is something that that. That, that is my personality and it helps me work, but I've really had to um, make some changes in, in, in how I do that. And one of the, one of the things when you talk about work-life balance and, you know, what, what, what can I do differently is I, I think we're probably all in leadership positions and people who are listening to this or in some sort of, you know, administrative position probably. Um, we, we're very type A people who like things done a certain way and, and we can become micromanagers and, you know, rather than train someone sometimes to, to do something, it's just easier for me to do it on my own, so I'll just keep doing it. Well, you know, I was at a conference and listened to Todd Whitaker last year, and Todd's a, a dynamic, wonderful speaker. You know, one of the things he talked about was if some, if it's someone's job to do it or if someone can do that job that, that, that you can do, even if some, you know, tiny or minuscule, let them do it. Um, and I really took, I took that advice this year, and I really found myself going home with less and less, 
And then kind of a side benefit to it was the people who were working for me or with me, you know, felt uh, that they were empowered to do a little bit more. So um, it, it really was a, was a benefit that, that lessened some stress and I think then helped the, the work-life balance at home. So I know I kind of was long-winded there oh, I answered, but uh, that, that's kind of what I thought of when you, when you were mentioning that. I think that's, I actually think that's right on because I think that I, I struggle with delegating. You know, there's a certain expectation of how we want it done, and it's just easier, especially you know, even in the summer when there's not as many people around. But in the in the heat of the battle and in the days, I think the part of it is I think all of us sitting here support our teachers, and it's like I don't want to put one more thing on their plate, or if I can take this, well, next thing you know, your plate is is overfilling. Um, but and that's fine. I, I don't mind taking that burden, but you have to have a balance there, right? Absolutely. So uh, just getting back to you know what we do. One important concept in this, you know, we're talking about serving our kids, making sure we're getting to email, um, you know, serving our significant others uh, in whatever way, meeting the needs of the entire family. But I think self-care is so important, too. And uh, so this is my 13th year in education, or I'm getting ready to start my 13th year. And I've always, all except three years, I have lived about an hour away from where I work. And so I have about two hours uh, in the car per day. And people say, how do you do that? that you know, especially especially my commute now in the, the I afternoon. I would listen to this podcast, Jamie. I would, I would make sure that I put this in. <laughs> that is why. It's I'm education gonna, on the go. This is just for those people that are driving. Yeah, I'm going to add that to my list. Um, but that is an important time for me, and it always has been, because if you're not taking care of yourself, um, you know, and, and that's kind of without, without anyone around. If you're not taking care of yourself, you can't take care of others, whether that be work or at home. And so that's, just, that's been a, a great time for me. Uh, I do walk every morning. I get exercise in. I have to wake up, kind of cut some sleep to do that. Um, but finding things that you enjoy... Or finding times that you can kind of uh, reflect, do some self-care before you're, or as you're trying to balance those two things. Well, it's almost like you read the show notes from our producer. That's supposed to be, we don't have a producer. Um, That's why he's the best in the business. That's That's right. right. So, uh, Michael Hyatt, um, and I would very much uh, want to give him credit because we're going to talk about his content, but he is a, he calls himself a leadership mentor. And uh, he was the first person, uh, John Gordon does a Power Positive Leadership Summit. First one I watched, and I've watched it two or three times, which I'm not a big, like, even on movies, I do not watch them more than once. Can't, I, I just, I, it's hard for me. There's certain movies I can't, but, uh, very, but I had to watch him again and have taken notes each time. And you used the key word, two words, self and care. And I think that is, when you're talking about going back to our point, home and work-life balance, I love um, this definition of self-care. Act- activities for life that make a meaningful life outside of work while contributing to greater performance at work. So meaning, I'm having fun outside of work, and because I'm refreshed, because I feel full outside of work, when I get to work, I'm motivated. There's that balance, right? I'm having fun, I'm going on trips, I'm uh, going to my kids' games, and I'm watching and I'm engaged, so that I'm not bogged down when I get into work. I love that. And he said there's three benefits to self-care, kind of building on what you said, Jamie. Number one is more energy. Two is it, it gives you an edge and creativity, and then three endurance. 
And I honestly could, I don't have to even define those out because I think each one of those is different for each person. But all three of those, if, if we take care of ourselves outside of the confines of our school and of our whatever we're doing, because right now we're doing something extra, you know, outside, you know, it's a project we're all passionate about, but we have to even be cognizant. We can't take every, you know, free moment we have to doing this. Um, sure, I'd love to say, hey, we're going to have something every day, but hey, it, it's just, it may not work out uh, for us. So self-care in Michael Hyatt's point uh, point is the most important thing if we're going to uh, take care of ourselves. You brought up exercise and there were some things he talked about in his, uh, his talk about exercise that it's, it's the mo- one of the most important things to see su- to see a key to success over time. You know exercise brings out the creativity and the energy uh, are directly linked together. Brain activity when you're exercising your I, my buddy Kevin and I were talking about, we're both workout people in the morning, and if that alarm goes off, I don't care how many, how long, and maybe you're different. I still don't want to get out of bed. Even I never get in that routine. But him and I both said the same thing. If I sleep for thirty minutes more or go to a workout, never have I felt better after thirty minutes more of sleep than I have after that workout. You know, and so my brain is going, I'm getting to school, I'm ready to go. And it doesn't matter if you do it before or after school, whatever. And then this I thought was interesting. Research supports those who consistently exercise make more money over time. I mean, how can you argue with that? And they actually did some research with like 25 or 50 sets of twins. Um, and those that um, exercise long or more consistently made more money over time. So right there, that should uh, pay right, for itself. here we go. Yeah. So, um, throwing some things out there, what are, you know, what are some things or how do you feel you are, um, at making sure you do things outside of school? Do you feel like you're, you're struggling with that? Or do you feel like, I know Jamie, you like to travel. Do you feel like that's what energizes you when you get back? Uh, You know, I just got back from a big vacation. I will say after the end of school, getting away and then coming back, I feel like I'm so much more focused as we get going. No, I, uh, something that popped in my head, Dustin, as you're talking about that is, um, I, you know, I remember the days when I, when I coached basketball and uh, being a high school basketball coach was time consuming to do it the right way and to, to, to be successful. You were putting a ton of hours in, whether it's during the school year, whether it was during the summertime, uh, fall, winter work or fall workouts, spring workouts, those type of things. It, it is something that just is continuous. So, so taking care of yourself and that self-care, what I found myself doing was, was not taking care of me. I was making sure I was taking care of others. Um, during that time as well, when I was coaching, um, I, was, I was working on my uh, master's in administration. So I was very, you know, you were really busy with a lot of different things. And, and the self-care part really took a, took a back seat. Uh, something that changed is when uh, I became assistant principal, I, I really realized the, the time that I needed to put in. And Dustin, you and I challenged each other when we were working on our doctoral work. That's right, work. that's right. We, uh, we uh, found ourselves both not exercising like we're supposed to, both making the excuses of, you know, oh, we got kids stuff, uh, we got wife, you know, we got to do after school supervision, uh, night supervision, those type of things. And next thing you know, your, your energy level's low. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. And, you know, it, it took kind of a challenge from you and I to, to create a spreadsheet that documented how often we were working out. And uh, it really, I think, got us on track to maybe where we are, where we both work out often now, is, you know, since that moment. So, um, Making time for exercise is so important, and we can all figure out that, you know, and exercise is different for others. You know, some might go do a CrossFit. Some might just walking around the block might be a, a, their exercise for them. 
finding something that works for you that gets you away from from thinking about the the the, the job, the stress, those type of things. That that's the activity outside of this that I think uh, John Gordon and Michael Hyatt are talking about. And uh, if we can find those things, whatever your individual thing for you guys listening at home is, is find that and use it. It does not have to be you know going to a to a gym. It doesn't have to be um, you know jump doing box squats. It can be something as simple as going for a walk, going for a jog, you and your significant significant other going for a bike ride. It uh, can be something as simple as that. And that's something I think we, we, we lose track of sometimes with our day-to-day hectic lives. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think the the exercise is such a huge piece of that. And I had a, a conversation with Dr. Whipke, the superintendent uh, that I work for. And I don't think he'd mind me sharing, but I, I don't know, it might have been about a year ago. Him and I were both in the same funk, just, you know, getting overwhelmed and and he said he'd put on some extra weight, and I said the exact same thing. And, you know, it, it came off quick because he's a very active guy, and guy runs like sub seven miles, you know, uh, sub, you know, per seven per mile, seven minutes per mile. I mean, it, once you get going, it's fine. But once you get out of that routine, it is extremely hard to get back. But, I, you know, kind of building off that, I, like I said, I, when I get those exercises, my brain just starts going. And it was, it was like a light bulb going off in my brain when Michael Hyatt said that. You know, and it's kind of that reinforcement of you got to keep doing this. you got to do something. Like you said, even if it's, if it's walking, it, get up early and get your brain going. And so uh, another thing, um, and <laughs> this was funny, uh, when Ryan and I visited London, again, the, the cultures and the expectations – I can remember one thing I would hear constantly is, you guys work way too much. You got to take more holiday, which, you know, obviously is their substitute for vacation. And it would be nothing for those guys to, uh, you know, especially in the business world out there to to take a two or three hour lunch, go back. And, and it was just interesting. We felt like even in the schools, something that one person in our school district does, there'd be multiple people doing Um but you kind of get back to that culture. The expectation is that it, it wasn't all about your work. There was balance there. And when you live in a city like London and there's a billion things to do, maybe that's you know why it, it's it's so valued. But man, that was something they talked about so much. And you look at other countries. Um, I think in Australia, the longer you work at companies, the more vacation time you get in sabbaticals. You know, one of my buddies I know works for an engineering firm in St. Louis, and they have to take a sabbatical, I think, every two years a month um, sabbatical. And and the thing is, keeping you fresh, you know. I mean, two years is like, oh, I can kind of see that, you know, and you start again, you know. And so I think that um, – all that being said, one thing Michael Hyatt says is, and I love the, the words here, hustle fallacy. Bigger the vision, the more you have to sacrifice. So the bigger the thing is, the bigger school I take over, the bigger district I take over, um, you know, as leaders listening to this, um, the bigger the vision, the more I have to sacrifice. And he talks about Elon Musk and the Tesla 3 and, and his space adventures and how um, Elon in the past has said, well, if somebody works 40, I got to work 80. And, and, uh, and they actually had what, like a social media campaign for a bed in his office because he was sleeping. And they always talk about, you know, mad Mike, Mike Martz, he would, uh, cut vacation shorts cause he couldn't, you know, and he slept in his office. These NFL coaches, these absolutely crazy hours. Um, but you see it all the time. The bigger, I, I got to win the Super Bowl. 
or I want my school district to be X, Y, and Z, or I want to do this. I have to must I must have to work more. And his his thing is research actually tells you when in reality it's the opposite. Because it goes back to what you said, Jamie, self-care. If I run myself in the ground, I'm going to work backwards from that. So the hustle fallacy, bigger the vision, the more you have to sacrifice. And kind of goes in with what I said when we were in London about you work too much, you work too much. And I feel like, and you guys jump in here, I do feel like there's a competition at times. I don't know how many times, and I would say a little bit more in my past than, than in my current position, I would hear, well, I was at work till this time. I was at work till this time. Yeah, but if you didn't do anything, it doesn't matter what time you were there. I mean, it, it, it's like a badge of honor that I was there so late. And there were times where I felt guilty, like, well, crap, I, I kicked out at five, and they're talking about And it's like, you got to put yourself in check that you don't start chasing everybody else because of what they're saying. But, but Justin, don't you think that is the, the culture of America? Yes. Um, and, and it's been built for years and years and years. So, so breaking it down is going to take some time to change. And I also would be cautious to jump right into maybe the European model where, um, you know, it is a lot of holiday where, you know, hard work is part of the fabric of America. It's what's made it so great. So, so making sure that hard works there, what I, what I, you know, look at and kind of think about as you're, as we're having this conversation is, um, making sure that, that we're treating people as professionals. And what I mean by that, I'm going to kind of jump, jump a little bit around, but with, districts with whatever job you're in, it seems like people are counting hours now. Um, it, it is, you know, you have to have a 40 hour work week, you know, you have to, you know, do this, you have to do that. Shouldn't it be your job is to get whatever you're supposed to do done. And, you know, you should get paid, you know, a particular wage for, for how important that job is or, or whatever it may be. But I really struggle with the fact that, you know, I talked to some administrators at our leadership conference last week, and, you know, they were saying they have to clock in and out during the summertime. And I was like, wow, that, that goes so against what I what I would think to be the kind of culture you'd want in your school. I would think during the summertime you should be able to come in, you should be able to get the job done that you need to get done during the summer, and you know, to, or to get you prepared for the next school year or to tie up loose ends from the previous year or do PD, whatever it may be. But to, to count hours really concerns me. And, and, you know, a culture where people are expected to do what they're supposed to do and then, then they're allowed to go home and shut it down afterward is the kind of culture I, I like to work in. And uh, I'm fortunate enough right now to have a, a position where I can work uh, like that. And, and my job is to make sure that whatever tasks are assigned to me are done. And whether it takes me, you know, two hours or six hours, um, hopefully I'm efficient enough that they look and go, okay, he's doing a good job and, and he's accomplishing what he needs to accomplish. But I think we've gone so far where either, either you got to clock in and out or um, you've got to be at every event, you got to do all these things to making sure you're being a professional and treated like a professional, no matter what your position is, I think would create a culture that would maybe, you know, encourage people to, you know, you're going to get a ton out of me during the school year, then during the summer, I can take care of the, the, the business items that I need to take care of. And then after school, you know, after I'm done with my, my work day, I can go play around at golf. I can uh, go out to dinner with my wife and not have to think about uh, the next day. So uh, kind of jumping around there, but that, that's oh. really my thought on, uh, you know, where we're at as a country. Yeah, I agree with that, that thought or that philosophy, Ryan, on that. One of, uh, I guess, the most eye-opening things for me, and I, I guess it's been hard for me. I, You know, you get so used to being in a, a school system where you can pretty much guarantee, you know, it depends on your uh, position, but you're going to be there from 7, seven to 4 or 8 to 5 or, you know, 
nine to five, what, what, whatever the structure that you have. And that's because we're serving kids and that's typically when they're there. But when you move to higher education, it's such a, you know, I want to know that I, I want to be here at seven o'clock every day and I want to leave at five. You can walk in any really higher education institute and there's people there all the time, you know, people, you know, coming in at 6 a.m. to do some work, people that are still here at 10 o'clock at night. And so that was something that was hard because I wanted someone when I, when I got here to give me that schedule of, of you know, eight to five, and that didn't happen. And so I had to do a, you know, a lot of coaching on my own to uh, kind of put myself in the culture yep. here yep. Uh, and, and know, you know, I, I may not be here on campus for 40 hours a week, but I'm in various school districts. I'm spending time driving between those school districts. Um, I may be at home in the morning pumping out an hour full of emails. And, mm-hmm. and we have to remember that, that that's work too. And that goes yep. back to that yep. whole uh, work home, you know, mm-hmm. life balance. But uh, like you said, Brian, you know, sometimes my kids are asleep, my husband's asleep, <laughs> I'm up, ready to go. I might as well pump out those emails while, mm-hmm. while they're on fresh on my mind and, and I'm ready to go. Well, so. it's, it's taking advantage of those times, you yes. know, and I, I'm, I'm terrible at that. There's times where, um, and I'll be honest, last night as, I, as I'm as i preparing for this, I was like, uh, you know, I'm going to lay down. And then it's like, well, my son's eating. That takes about 30 or 40 minutes. No, get the computer out because if not, then that puts you behind in the morning. But my wife was working overnight. But, you know, so taking advantages of those times. Here's some cool statistics that uh, Michael threw out in his presentation. And uh, like I said, I, I highly recommend seeing it. But he actually talked about how – uh, and goes back to your point, Ryan, about the competition. And I and I have felt that since college. I felt like oh, I, I worked this long in this paper, and it's like, well, did you get it done or not? And what's the end result is really, in a nutshell, what this is all about. But he said 50-plus hours a week, there's zero product gain. 55, excuse me, hours a week, it begins to actually be an inverse on the product gain. And so I thought about that because naturally when you throw out statistics – it's how do I argue back? And so I've heard that. And he also, I won't go through it, but talks about sleep. Uh, and, and we can jump in that if you want. But I mean, if I think about this, I think about a superintendent role and they're working and we're working on most weeks. I know more than 50 hours a week. But what I think about that is I kind of, to kind of argue with that is to break that up a little bit is what I love about a lot of superintendents is it's no longer they hide in their office and you never see them. They're everywhere, right? Uh, I saw Dr. Knos when I was in Rockwood everywhere, Dr. Whipke everywhere. And I think that's important because when they're at those games, there's so much work they're doing. But in my mind, that's not necessarily work, 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 like planning for a bond issue planning the budget. That's a, that's a different type of work. That's actually what I would say is fun work. And so I think that balancing that too of, yeah, I've got to be in my office late tonight, but I'm going to make time to get out and, and see different things. And, and, and so I think there's some adjustments to that. But I think in general, if somebody just in a leadership role, not in education is listening to this, that you really need to be conscious of that. Um, and, and what is the damage, the collateral damage from you taking that time away from home, which also leads me into something um, that John Gordon talks about, which is anticipating those heavy times of the year. I remember uh, uh, the principal of Parkway Central, um, Tim, talking about 
you know, his hours and how he balances his hours. And he goes, if you ever have a question about how much I work, come see me in the fall. Because I'm there every Friday night to who knows when into the winter, right? And so um, talking, one thing he talks about is in most jobs, we have high times of the year and low times of the year. And, um, and he talks about, especially, and this is what I recommend for those assistant principals and principals. Or, and, and in that first-year teacher, you're going to find times throughout the year where you just have to work extra. And so for me, you know, I've thought about that, that I need to be better. He says anticipating the times of year that will uh, pull you to your work and then taking advantage of the time of years that don't. You know, so for me, it's that, the, you know, August 1st, to about honestly October 1st is just you know crazy time of the year you're getting kids uh, acclimated to the new school year new students there's a ton of things right and then maybe you get a lull right around the Thanksgiving time in Christmas I always notice that nobody wants to meet around Christmas Um, but then you get back and and you you jump right into it I know for me right around March 1st all my non my non-tenure teachers are due so you're writing summatives, getting those observations in. And then May 1st, my, my tenure, you know, so, and we're hiring. So that, that March to April, May is kind of crazy. But I know, like you said, in the summer, there's a little bit more flexibility. So I'm making sure I'm at every practice. I'm at every game. I'm, I'm making sure, like my daughter, there was overlapping time. I went to the play at her school, you know, or going to mass with them. You know, those are the times, and I think John brings up a good point of, Really thinking ahead, which is not necessarily my biggest when it comes to calendar stuff. Um, and so those hours that we put in, are we getting anything from it? And are we thinking ahead like, okay, I know I'm going to be working a lot now, but I'm not then. And, and how do we take uh, advantage of that? Um, so throwing a, a lot out there, we're talking about us as leaders. Um, how do we help those staff members? Um, I, I can remember my first position and, uh, uh, the person I got hired with, man, she was there all the time, you know, no kids, you know, uh, not even married yet, but how do we help those people as leaders understand that they're going to regret this or this is not going to, uh, this is probably not the best way. Is there anything that you can think of or any experiences that you had to really help with your staff members. I've been fortunate enough now in the last uh, few years to work closely with our superintendent, Sean Doherty. And uh, Dr. Doherty does a great job of modeling that. Um, I think that's the best piece of advice I can give any person who's in a leadership position right now. Not only does he model it, but he, he tells us, you know, he says, you, you have to take some time this summer for you. Do what you need to do. We close our DLC meetings. He, he reminds us to, hey, make sure you're taking care of yourself, making sure you're doing things that you like to do. Um, the, the, this job can overwhelm you. So so make sure you're taking the time to re-energize, to refocus, so so you can give that energy to the kids. And, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate that. And I do think it is a modeling and a reminder type of activity that we as leaders have to make sure we're, we're modeling and, and echoing those those words to our staffs because uh, I know how hard my teachers work they 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 are grading papers they're they're preparing for tomorrow's lessons they're preparing for um, assessment that's coming up and uh, reminding them that you know making sure that you're using your time efficiently during the school day using your planning time those type of things so when you get home you can be present with your with your family you can be present with your other activities outside of school so I uh, I think the modeling and, and making sure that we're reminding people is, is the best thing we can do as, as uh, professionals. 
So I want to kind of put a bow on this because I think this has really been a very succinct conversation, and uh, I think there's a lot. Uh, I would I would really uh, look in the John Gord stuff, look in the Michael Hyatt stuff, listen to what we said here. Um, but um, I want to kind of start wrapping a bow on this, and there's a couple things that I, I took away from some of the things I heard, and I, I think this really speaks really speaks to new leaders. Um, and I think it speaks to people say you, you've been in leadership, but you're taking a new job because you're like all in, right? You're super, super, super duper excited. Right. But he, I think this was Michael that asked this question. Do you want momentary or enduring success? So do you want, you know, success for a year because you're just there all the time and you're, and you're building up a great things, or do you want success over a long period of time? And, and the second point there is he says long-term success requires sustainable habits, exercise, sleep, work, home, life balance, the, the self-care. Jamie, you hit on it very early. Activities for life that make a meaningful life outside of work while contributing to a greater performance at work. I mean, if you're going to wrap it up, you have to have activities. I would say to those those leaders, and to, it's not a competition because in the end, the results will speak for themselves. And, and, and in the end, they're not going to say, well, you worked at 10 o'clock at night, but the results suck, so we're going to let you off. That, that's not going to happen. You know, there's there's a, a lot of in, in life is results-based, you know, and it, whether you want to get in the sports. Great, you were in the gym for 15 hours, but if you scored two points and you averaged 25 a game, that, that didn't work out for you. So um, I think that kind of puts a bow on that. Um, I hope that people have taken away um, some information on this and can get in contact with us if they want some more. I want to thank uh, Dr. Ryan Luning for his time, Dr. Jamie Wellborn for her time. Um, we hope that you've gotten something out of this home work-life balance, uh, and we are glad to bring it to you. Continue to listen and on iTunes. Continue to Uh, put our word out there. Uh, We're just three leaders just trying to share some knowledge. So thank you for your time and be safe.